Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2020. Uh, it's good to see you. And uh, any of you guys make New Year's resolutions? I hate those things. I gave up years ago uh, because usually they just depress me about the third week into January. Um, but I did look up to see just uh, what this year was the most popular New Year resolutions. Of course, number one is always number one, and that is lose weight. Second one was this year to improve finances. The third was to exercise. The fourth was get a new job, and that was number one in South Carolina. Get a new job. Uh, Eat healthier, manage stress better, stop smoking. That used to be up in the top, right, years ago. Improve a relationship, stop procrastinating basically about everything above that, (laughs) right? And then set aside some time for yourself. And um, the state that uh, has the best record at keeping New Year's resolution is South Dakota. That was really interesting. The worst state at keeping, and that was at 38%, the worst is New Mexico. That was at 4%. South Carolina was not in there. They didn't list it, but I'm thinking maybe we're, I don't know. What do you think we are? You think we're closer to keeping them or not keeping them? Yeah, we're probably in the middle somewhere. I think so too. But every year we kind of go through this, I hope you do, kind of a checklist, kind of a look back to say in 2020, I hope that probably you'll go, I hope some of these same things happen in 2020 that happened in 2019. I got to tell you, the most fantastic thing happened to us on New Year's. We had a brand new granddaughter born 45 seconds into 2020. Yep. 45 seconds, I think the doctor was trying to get my daughter-in-law to hold out. She's like, dude, this is it. I got to go. And uh, so it was 45 seconds. We're trying to nail the target, you know, but she got very close to it. And so, uh, you know, the whole talk of hindsight being 2020, and that is if I only knew then what I know now, I would do differently. But there are some things that we look back on and we go, You know, I want to do more of that in the next year. I want to see that maybe what I started in 2019 will continue. And so today I want to take a look at a passage of Scripture in John 5. And you have a handout and you flip it over. There's a couple of fill-ins on the back. And I want to talk a little bit about the vision of 2020. And maybe this is for you. I hope you visit maybe some things that you want to bring into 2020. And maybe there's some new things, too. I want to talk about more of bringing into 2020 what we experienced in 2019. Um, Because there are some things I think we want to hold on to. And so uh, let's pray. and We're going to jump into this. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for the time to gather together and to be able to look at your word and to worship you together this first Sunday in 2020. Holy Spirit, we know you are here. You're a gift from Jesus. We ask the Father to send you here, and we welcome your presence. 
Jesus, thank you that you are Lord, you're our Savior. You love us, you died for us, you made us your own. And today we ask that you would allow us to be able to see what we need to see today in our anticipation of this new year. Lord, would you give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes? Help me in my weakness. Let your word come forth and bring fruit, Lord, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you are new here, I want to say this. Welcome. My name is Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at the church. And I'm so glad you joined us on this first Sunday. Now, in John 5, this is kind of a... The fifth chapter of John is kind of a launching into a series of, uh, I guess you would say, festivals. And the Jewish people had quite a few festivals. And if you read through the Old Testament and Leviticus and different Old uh, Testament chapters, you'll see that they were given for certain reasons. Well, this is the first weekly, well, it's the only weekly festival that the Jewish people were told to keep, and that is the Sabbath. And so this is a Saturday for us with their Sabbath. We worship on Sunday. Does anybody know why our Sabbath now is Sunday? That's right. Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And so if you read in the book of Acts, you see that the church, the new church, worshiped on a Sunday in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I had somebody in the first service say, would you explain how that changed? And, you know, Jesus, let me just P.S. down on the notes, right? Jesus is our Sabbath. You get that? When Jesus came, he is our Sabbath day's rest. All the old festivals and all were pointing toward Christ coming. And in Jesus, we see that Sabbath. And so the early church, right out of the book of Acts, began to meet on a Sunday. Now, it doesn't matter which day you meet on. It doesn't. The main thing is, who is the Sabbath? It's Christ. He's come to bring his peace, to bring his rest to our lives. The Sabbath points to him. So Jesus enters the city on a Sabbath. There were a lot of rules, a lot of rules and regulations in those days. And so he enters in the northeast of Jerusalem. He comes into town, and there's a pool that was famous Now, Jesus never legitimizes this pool. He never says this was true. But in the gospel, it says it was a pool that when the water was stirred, if you could get into the water first, you could get healed. I imagine that was a clamor, don't you think? Like, And and Jesus never legitimizes that that happened. But he happens to be walking by, happens to be walking by that place at that time. And there are, of course, quadriplegics and people who need want to be healed, who want to be touched, and they're around the pool. And he comes up, and there's a guy who has been lame for 38 years. 38 years he'd been resting there, hoping to get into the pool. And Jesus asked him, did he want to get healed? And the guy responds, well, I'd love to, but I can't. You know, I'm not fast enough. I can't get in the water quick enough. Uh, You know, the story was that an angel would stir the waters Like I said, Jesus doesn't legitimize that tale. But he says, I can't get in the water. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And so Jesus heals him. And he picks up his bedroll or his pallet, and he's carrying it around. Now, the Sabbath law 
was you can't do any work on the Sabbath. True to legalism, instead of the church leaders of the day celebrating because one of their members got healed, they go, hey, you can't be carrying that around on Sunday. On the Sabbath, you can't be carrying that around. Don't you know the law? I mean, there's no mention of them going, wow, how did this happen? How did you get healed? That's kind of the way legalism does, isn't it? Like, if you don't do it this way, then, you know, it's not right. Even if it's blessed, even if you're getting a blessing, you've got to do it this way. Jesus is our Sabbath. And when they confronted Jesus about this, Jesus had a response. And this is in John 5, 17, and then also verse 19. My father is always working. Meaning what? He's working on the Sabbath too, right? He doesn't take a day off. My father is working, and Jesus says, and so am I. So Jesus explained. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Now, in the vineyard, we really value that statement because we've said that we don't have to really initiate anything. You always wonder, like, I got to start this. I got to start that. I need to do this. I need to do that. And Jesus comes along and says, God's always working. All I have to do is watch him. And then join him in what he's doing. Now that kind of takes a look back. Because all of us in here over the past year. I hope all of you in here have experienced in some way God working in your life. I hope you can look back and go that was a really cool event. That was a cool opportunity that I feel like God used me. And. I do believe that every single person has those opportunities, and that's what Jesus was saying. Whatever the Father does, the Son does, and then we get invited into it. Your uh, first fill-in is, this cookie is on a very low shelf this morning, okay? (laughs) Your first fill-in is this, we can know what the Father is doing. We can know. We can know. Uh, John 15, 5 says, for apart from him... From you, Father, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, there's nothing really we can do. But in John 16, 15, the Spirit will tell you, that is us, whatever he receives from me. We spent a lot of time in 2019 talking about the Holy Spirit, different series and all, because it is the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, that leads us, that lets us know what the Father is doing, lets us in on his strategy. And I really think sometimes we make it a lot more complicated than it is. That it's very easy to see what God is doing, what the Father is doing. And um, so I want to look back and take stock a little bit. And uh, God is always at work. So it's not like God's taking a break at any time during the week. Your second feeling is this. Not only can we know what God is doing, we can do what the Father shows us. We can do it. We can know it. We can recognize it. And we can do it. He's always at work. I would think, Jesus, you're the Son of God. No wonder you could do the things you could do. But what he was getting at was what? He was fully man, fully God. 
But what he did when he was on the earth is he lived as a human, dependent upon the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit we have in us. So when we watch his life and we watch how he responds, it's a pattern for us. It means that we too can recognize what the Father is doing and then join him in it. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What does everything mean? It means everything the Father is doing. I can do everything that he shows me that he's doing and I'm invited into. You know what's really frustrating? You ever, any of you guys or ladies ever look at a DIY video? Have you done that? Like you, you're like, I don't, I don't want to buy a new refrigerator. I think I'll fix it myself. Right? So you go on YouTube and you find fix refrigerator. And then you go in the back and you're watching it and you're like, you get everything taken apart. Or for me, it'd be like a dryer. <clears throat> Just saying. And uh, you take it apart and you're like, I can fix this. This guy fixed it. This lady fixed it. I can fix it. And then you take it all apart and it just frustrates you because it doesn't work like that. Well, see, God, I think sometimes we think that's the way God is. It's like, yeah, Tim, you say God, you know, will show you. It's like a do-it-yourself video, but when I get in there to do it, it just doesn't work. And I think we're making some things more complicated than they have to be. So I want you to think right now about your past year. Grab one memory, one memory from last year where you would say, I felt the presence of God in what I did. I felt like God was happy when I did this. Do you have a memory yet? Do you have one? Got it? I think God enjoyed that, what I did. He would have approved of that. I think we make it super complicated because the Father is constantly working. He's working in here right now. He's working in people's hearts right now. He's doing something. So I can have confidence in that. I don't have to go out and start anything. What I have to do is ask to have eyes to see. And... Take a look at 2019. Grab that memory. Bring it with you into 2020 and say, Lord, I'd like to see more of that. I want to see you use me more. I want to see you reveal yourself even more. God doesn't leave it to ourselves. doesn't give us just a video. He puts his very presence in us, and that is the Holy Spirit, his presence, his power in us to teach us, to empower us, to lead us, to walk with us, so that we, as Christ followers, can do the things that he's called us to do. Here's an example. I think I mentioned this uh, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, actually, this happened again this morning. I go to a particular establishment quite often. And I was in there a few weeks back. And the young lady who was serving me, when I looked at her and she took my order, I looked at her and I just, she looked sad. And I said, are you, are you okay? And uh, you know how we respond when somebody you don't know will ask you that. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. And it's kind of the way she responded. She was like, yeah, I'm good. And I said, you sure? 
I mean, I'm going with it, right? I'm going with it as people stack up behind me wanting to order. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I just lost my dad. Now, call me dumb, but I just lost my dad three months ago. And here I am in a store looking at a young lady whom I just happened to notice, seemed to be sad, whom I ask, are you okay? And then I find out she's lost her dad. What is the father doing? What is the father doing? Now, here's the thing. I didn't pray for her. I didn't, in the name of Jesus, you know. None of that. I simply told her, I said, you know, I lost my dad October the 14th. And she looked at me and I said, yeah, you don't really get over that. And this morning I walked in and there she was. And I said, how you doing? She went, you know, we talked for just a few seconds. I honestly, folks, believe maybe she was there as much for me as I was for her. That's, that's the turnaround, isn't it? I mean, we, God's people, go out and want to encourage people and be there for people. And, and then you take advantage of that moment. And all of a sudden, you feel your heart being warmed and encouraged. And we talked for just a few seconds, you know, and I don't have a goal. She's not a project for me. Do you get that? She's not a project. She is in that moment a person who is missing her father like I'm missing mine. But I do believe this. The father is working, and I am working too. The only reason I saw that and asked about that it's because the Father invited me into that moment. Now, some of you have had those moments and you're like, you probably discounted them. You probably went, ah, you know, I don't know why I asked that person that. I don't know why that happened. And I wish we'd kind of pulled down. There are amazing things God does through us. Amazing things. But there are also those everyday moments. Remember, my father is continuing to work and I must be working too. It's a continual thing. There's always something going on around us that God is doing. Now, what is God doing in her heart? I don't know anything about her faith situation. I don't know anything other than that she is a young lady who is hurting because she misses her father. And for some reason, I'm missing mine too. And for some reason, God let me see that. You get that? We see what the Father is doing, and we join him in it. And so sometimes we get those moments where after the first service, I, I had a lady come up to me, and she said to me, she said, you know, that happened to me. I said, really? She says, yeah. She says, I was in this store. It happened to be the same place I'm talking about. And, uh, and she says, I'm within there, and there was a lady across the way, and she said, I'm just sitting in there drinking my coffee, and, and I look across the room, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at her, and it's like, there's just something about that person. I mean, I, it was, I feel like God has said, look, 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 look. And so when the Lord shows you things like that or 
highlights a person in your life. It could be just to pray. It could be. That's why you ask. Is it just for me to pray right now for them, Lord? And she felt like, hey, you need to go pray for them. And she's like all of us, you know. She's like, that's going to be weird, you know. Just, it's just going to be so weird to walk up into a store and say to someone you've never met before, can I pray for you? And, uh, and so she kind of fought it off and the Lord just kept saying, hey, how about it? And the person got up and we left and she said she was walking to her car and she was going, man. And she looked and the other lady had got in into her vehicle and was about to leave and she felt like the Lord said, hey, there she goes. <laughs> and so she ran across the parking lot and, and knocked on her window, and, and she said to her, she said, I know this is weird. I am so sorry. I, I know you don't know me, and, and I know you don't, but I just feel like God, God asked me to pray for you. Of all those people in there, God asked me to pray for you, and the lady just broke down and started weeping. And standing outside the car, it only took a few moments, five seconds, she prayed for her. But you know what that day? That lady that was hurting that was in that car got a touch from God that day. We don't know what's going to follow behind our joining him. We don't know. That's up to God, right? How he shows the next person to the next person. But I think we make it very complicated sometimes in how we see the Father working. Jesus strolled into town. Of all the people around that pool, he saw that one. What the father was doing that day was going to heal that one person right there. Jesus saw him and he joined the father in doing what the father was doing. He's working right now in this room. We used to have a kind of a school at this church, uh, Vineyard Leadership Institute. And um, so we worked through the New Testament and it was like a two-year program. And I had a small group of students and one of our practices was that we went out to the mall and we took 10 and $20 bills and we just dropped them through the mall. We just went through and like, let's drop one here, drop one there. We just dropped, and then we sat back and we prayed and we watched where they were dropped. Now, I know this sounds weird to some of you, but it was an experiment. And we dropped, and then we watched to see who picked it up. And, uh, and, and then we kind of prayed for the person that the right person would see it and pick it up as they walked through the mall. And it was fascinating because most of the people who saw the money were children. They were 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds. It wasn't really adults, adults. A lot of adults just go, like, somebody's going to see me grab it. It's not mine, <laughs> you know. And the kid is like, sweet, <laughs> pick it up. And we prayed and we, you know, we asked the Lord, do you want us to follow up or whatever? And it was just an experiment to bless people and then to pray for the ones who picked it up. I just, I just think we make it way too complicated. And then sometimes God, God does do some things. God does do some phenomenal things. He drops a thought in your heart. He puts someone on your mind that uh, you should go call or you should talk um, I, when we first started this church, about three months into it, uh, I got an invitation uh, to go up to Clemson 
Clemson. Clemson uh, and speak to their FCA group. Now they have a huge FCA group, 1,000 to 1,500 students. And um, so I'm driving my old black Isuzu Trooper with no air conditioning. This is in September, it's hot. I'm driving up next, you know, up to Greenville and up beyond. And I'm praying the whole way. I'm like, Lord, what do you want to do? Gosh, I'm going up before these students. I mean, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I don't want to just go up and share, you know, what do you want? And this thought came to me. There is a girl student who is suffering a severe sickness. And she is giving up hope. And I want you to tell her that I'm going to use her pain to love others with. I mean, that's what I felt, right? So I stop, I pull over somewhere, and I write it down. And I'm like, okay, what's the next part of this? Nothing. Hey, can you give me a name? Can you give me who? I'm going to be up there with a couple of thousand students. Really, Lord? And so I get there, and I'm still pushing it back. I'm like, I don't know if that's my indigestion. I don't know if my hope. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're going to think I'm crazy. What is it? So, I mean, this place is jacked up. It is, these people are so excited. I mean, the worship is like going off. There's 1,200 students there. So I walk out. I share what scripture I had to share. And, you know, you have, if you walk with God long enough, you know when he's going, hey, hey. It's kind of like he was behind me. You know, like I was like, and uh, as we come to a close, you know, Ray, remember what I told you? Yeah, go ahead. Say it. I'm like, oh, man. So I put it out there. And I waited. You know, nothing. So I said, okay, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you hit it. And sometimes you miss it. And, uh, you know, but I want you all to know that God uses you. And I try to encourage everybody. And I left. It was wonderful. Came back. And about three weeks later, I started getting these emails. And I only had a bit of the picture, you know. God only allowed me to know just a little bit or even just a thought. But there was a girl who had been diagnosed with, I can't remember. I have to go back and find it in my journals now. But some disease that it was debilitating. And she was so depressed that she was actually to the point of wondering if she wanted to live anymore. And two of her friends went to her and told her, that God was going to use the pain that she was in to bless others with. And I got an email finally from her as well. The friends kind of filled in the rest of it with her. See, you just don't ever know. That kind of thing you want to bring with you to the next year, right? I don't want to let that go. I don't want to let that kind of thing go. I don't want to let this confrontation, this invitation into someone else's pain when I've got a similar pain I don't want to walk past that I don't want to leave that in 2019 I want to say Lord do some more of that show me how you're working in people's lives so I can come along with you and do and I'll bet you I'll bet you if you're a follower of Jesus I'll bet you you've been with people when you felt a little pull and you've looked at someone and you wondered what it was and a lot of times we walk right off. Sometimes it's just to pray. That's why we ask, Lord, what are you doing? Pray for them. Not on them, but pray for them right now. 
Just pray for them. And that's your participation. But God is always working right now. And he's invited us into that. Now, as we go into 2020 in this church, as I've looked back over the past year, there are a few things I think I've seen where God has been working in us as a church. And before I share these, you guys look absolutely amazing today. Matter of fact, this is really great. Would you help me? You know, I believe everybody, everybody deserves to hear about the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Would you invite someone over this next year at some time in 2020? Would you help me invite someone and bring some? I promise you, we will do everything we can to show the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ to them. And every time I look at these chairs, I, I think of friends of mine, you know, that I would love to see sitting in those chairs. And so I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work at that in 2020 to see them sitting right there, right there. And as a second service congregation, would you do that with me? Would you ask the Lord, help me, help me fill the, the seats that are here. <clears throat> <clears throat> one of the things I feel like the Lord is doing for, has been doing in us, and this is in 2019, is there is a very happy, uh, what's the word? There is a very happy anointing, if we want to use a religious word. There's a very happy anointing on you guys and on the church when we gather together in community. I don't know why. I went back and looked at my old notes for 2019, and, and I talked a lot about eating in 2019. Did you guys notice that? I mentioned that Jesus was always with somebody eating, and, and, uh, and it seems like when we celebrated our church birthday, when we had our Christmas meal together, there is just such a spirit of celebration and love and happiness and joy that I want to bring that from 2019 into 2020 and let's do more community building events together. Uh, small groups are getting ready to get much more attention and there's going to be training. I think everybody can lead a small group myself. Everybody can. And uh, we're going to see that happen on a regular basis where small group leaders are trained and we come together to celebrate. And so being community and being the the, the body together and encouraging one another and celebrating and laughing and praying together, I think should be much more part of us in 2020. Let's bring that right on in from 2019 to 2020. I want to say this too. This church, you, some of you probably don't know this, we've planted five churches out of this church. Um, we have helped innumerable other churches uh, we haven't planted a church in a while, but next Sunday, Jay's going to be preaching here, but next Sunday, I will be at one of our church plants up in Shalate, North Carolina. And uh, I'm going to say that to them too. And uh, 10 years ago, in two weeks, 10 years ago, we sent out Lucas Granger, his wife Devin, and a small team to Shalate. And that church now is about the size of ours. And they are doing a wonderful work up there. So Lucas asked me to come up and preach the Sunday before they celebrate their 10th anniversary. That's who you people are. You guys have done this. You have sowed out to other churches. And, uh, you know, you have done that through the years. And uh, I don't know how God's going to use that, but it's, it's kind of uh, whetted my appetite for more of that uh, now. Um, 
Also, I think we're going to have more DIY prayer time here in this church. You know, over the last few months, you guys have been praying for each other a lot right here in the service. You've, you've, you know, I know it's kind of odd, right? I know that some churches don't do that, and, uh, but we do. And um, we're going to do more of it where the church itself reaches out to one another in the service at a certain time. And we learn to be the body with one another and pray for one another. So I want to bring that from 2019 into 2020. And I'll tell you something else. This church has always been a giving church. <clears throat> always. When we first started this church, Karen would have to, my wife would have to, she would have to encourage me almost every week because I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to make it. And most of that was financially. I was like, I don't know if this church is going to succeed. Every single week, God came through. When I'm reading all of these books on how to plant a church and how to start a church, I read, if you can get to the five-year celebration, the five-year church birthday, you have made it. So I'm praying, God, get me to the five years, please. <laughs> Jesus, help me, Lord. Every Sunday, though, you know what? People gave. People gave. People came. People brought people. It was just like the Lord saying to me, we have never in 22 years ever gone for lack in this church. This is a giving church. This church has a heart to give. And look, if you're not on that team, you should be. <laughs> Join the rest of us, you know, as we give and on. And I want to see that come right on into 2019 as we continue to be givers. And not just money, but in giving ourselves to to the community. We have a great reputation with our city here. You know, we host all the J1 students here through the summer. There are different spots now for All Nation Cafe, but this is the epicenter. This is where it was birthed. This is what happens. We serve the city. We have a great relationship with the police chief, with the police department, with the mayor, with uh, the count. We have favor. We want to bring that right on into 2020 and see where it'll go from here. Bring that part in there. And you know what? Worship. Worship. I was a worship pastor for 16 years. I love music. I've been a musician since I was like seven years old. I love music. It's a huge part of my life. As I've watched this church, and this is especially true over the last few years, I've noticed the Father working. You know what he's done? He's making this church not a performance-based worship church but a church, congregational, choir-based church. What Skip does is he gets as many people as he can up here who wants to contribute. They're the congregation just like all of us are. And then what he does is he supports the choir. That is a part of who we are, and I want to see more of that in 2019 and 2020, is you, the church, singing louder. It does our hearts good to worship God with our voices and to lift them up. And I want to see more of it and more of it. I'd love to see you guys singing so loud you can't even hear the band. How about that? What if you just took over one Sunday? Like Skip didn't want to go do another verse, but you said, yes, we are. We're going to do another verse. And the whole church just took the whole thing. And this is where we're capping out. I like this song. I'm staying here. You know, and you just took it. We like it. The father's doing something. There he goes. He wants us to sing this song. Let's join him. Right? That's we are a worshiping church. We're a congregational choir church. That's who we are. Man, I did not want to get electronic drums. I did not. 
You know why we got them? So we can hear the church sing better. That's why. That's why we did it. Because the church, we wanted you guys to hear one another singing together. And I'm like, okay, Father, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. I'll die to self. I'll do it. And so I can hear you. So we can all hear one another worship. One other thing is, I don't know if you know this, but some of you know this, that the church up in North Myrtle Beach, our sister church, Vineyard Church, went without a pastor this whole year. Uh, I was, I'm on their board right now. And so our preaching team that we have went up there and preached all through this past year and kept that church going. That was our church that did this. Two of which are women preachers, which Megan preached last week and did a great job, wonderful job preaching. We have sowed into other churches, and you know what else we're going to see more of? My prayer is that we see more women leaders step to the front, come to the front. And I have, that's right, who? Let's go. Come on, ladies. It's true. Read the last chapter of Romans. It's all right. And uh, we're going to see more women leaders step to the front and released into ministry in 2020. And part of that releasing into ministry is like I shared earlier. It's every single one of us through the day recognizing what the Father is doing. My prayer for our church every day is this, Lord, I hope that every member of our church will recognize what you're doing at some point during this day and step into it. Step into it and join you in what you're doing on this earth. That's my dream for this church is that we would just have hundreds and hundreds of people stepping into what the Father is doing wherever they are in their homes. I had a testimony in the first service of, of there being a reconciliation. Did you know the Lord loves reconciliation? He died for reconciliation so that we could be reconcil- reconciled to our Father. And so when people are reconciled, it's a beautiful thing. And someone gave me that testimony after the first service that they saw a miraculous reconciliation in their family through the year. Let's don't limit God in those things that we may be praying for that God wants to include us in how he's working in other people's lives. Father, thank you for this past year. But thank you for this new year. Thank you for... Lord, an opportunity to be able to join you in what you're doing in our families, in our community, in our church, in our neighborhoods, with our neighbors. Lord, right now, we lift our neighbors up to you. If you're in a dorm, or if you're in an apartment, or a condo, or a house, or an apartment building, we lift our neighbors up to you, Lord. I lift mine to you, God. I lift up Bert and Ruth, Francis, Sandy. I lift up George. I lift up Carolyn. I lift up Chris. I lift up Marie to you. I ask for you, Lord, to reveal yourself, your great love for my neighbors, Lord, in 2020. I pray you give me eyes to see, for, to see them the way you see them, Lord. And you give me words, God, of great comfort, of hope for my neighbors, Lord. Could you just pray, maybe mention your neighbor's names to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, give me an opportunity to be a blessing to my neighbors.
Just mention their name to God the Father. You know, he loves them. He loves them so very much. Even that grouchy one. Just pray for them. Pray that you could be the love that they need to experience to help heal their hearts. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.